0: Episode 46 of the Thunder Underground podcast is here. My name's Trent and I'm joined by Jason. What's going on? Same old thing. Recording a podcast with you, bringing the metal to the children, as Zach Wilde would say. That's right. That's what we got to do. Yes. We've got all kinds of stuff on this episode. The main thing being Jamie Welch. This is our first ever part two with someone. It's kind of funny that a, a guy we met and interviewed from a band. On the road is the first person we're having back over one of our friends that we had on our early episodes, right? That's right. That's right, (laughs) The the easy route, right? Yeah, I know. And we've talked about it so much. We
1: should have so-and-so. We should get our buddy this and our buddy this guy. (laughs) And we just never did. But it just worked out like this, and uh, it's awesome.
0: Yeah, and it's a testament to him that he's... We just asked if he'd like to do a follow-up. And he said, definitely. We had him on about almost three months ago, mid-December... He was in the process of, he had already announced that he was leaving the band Framing the Red, but he still had a couple months left. And he talked, in that one, he went a little into his background and stuff about the band. But this one, we get more into what he's doing now. And he talks a little bit more about why he left the band. And he's not shy about it. Not at all. Not Not at all. all. So if you're a Framing the Red fan, you'll This is something you want to hear. That's right. Before we get into all that, we're going to talk about Anthrax's new album. We're going to talk about Carrie King. And then we're going to play (laughs) some music. And we're going to do the music right now. This is a band out of Omaha, Nebraska called 3D In Your Face. And the song is called In Your Face. From 3D In Your Face, out of Omaha, Nebraska. And there's really no denying what these guys are going for, which is melodic, party, 80s, early 90s rock. And they pretty much nail it, I believe.
1: Uh, Definitely. Yeah. Big time.
0: Yeah, great guitar This song has this great guitar groove. The vocals are... uh, you know, it has that Stephen Piercy kind of snarl at times, but it's also got that kind of that higher Vince Neilish kind of you know, a classic '80s sound as well. And you know, it's just a cool, cool song. The gang vocals, you know, and it's like the type of song that you could hear opening a set or closing a set. And if you're seeing this band live for the first time and you'd never heard the song, you could be screaming along to the chorus by the end of the song. You
1: know? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean. <clears throat> we got turned on to these guys not too long ago, and you know in hearing their album, you can tell uh like in your face is you know nasty anthem I like what you said about snarl, but they they kind of they've got the uh there's some fun kind of catchy open up and say ah parts yeah uh in in some of their songs i mean they really they uh they're fun they're catchy, but they can also get mean. Um, if you love anything to do with, you know, 80s hair bands, glam bands, whatever you want to call them, sunset strip type kind of stuff, there's there is no fucking way that you will not like these guys. Uh, and I think they're playing Rocklahoma, right?
0: Yeah, I think yeah, that's so, why we looked into them. Yeah,
1: we, we just kind of were looking up names and, you know, we saw what these guys were about. And you know us, we love our 80s hair metal. You know, so we we latched onto this with the quickness.
0: The other album, it's Midnight Midnight Devils, is that right? And it's, uh, the whole thing's on Spotify and Reverb Nation, where you can check it out. Like you said, there's a song on there called Generation Hurt that's got a real open Generation up and say... Dirt. Oh, Dirt, yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's Hurt. okay, that's yeah. why I'm here, that's why I'm here. Yeah. It has a real, you know, open up and say off vibe to it. There's a ballad on there that has the... You know, the piano synth kind of sound like your Cinderella or Kicks, you know. It's just, it incorporates it all. And like we said, they do it real well. And I've, I noticed they play in Omaha almost every Friday. So if you're in that area, of the country, you know, get over there and check them out. I, I can't imagine that they're not a fun live band. And they've got a YouTube video for Forbidden City, it looked like. And hit them up on Facebook and Reverb Nation. Spotify, whatever it is you do. And we will check them out when they hit Rocklahoma. And hopefully, maybe we can talk to one of these guys. Hell yes. That's what I'm hoping for,
1: anyways. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They, they sent us, uh, you know, when they sent us the track, they mentioned, you know, we'll see it at Rocklahoma. So we'll try to set that up. And that's not for about two and a half months. But be on the lookout. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> you never know. Well, earlier, I mentioned Carrie King and. Anyone that follows Metal knows that at least once every couple months, you're going to get some crazy story from Kerry King, probably. Yeah. Maybe not every two months, but at least a few times a year. And the thing I love about Kerry King is that, you know, he's one of those guys like Scottie Ian or Rob Flynn where you don't really have to wonder what they're thinking. And, you know, whether I agree or not, it's cool. But this time he said something that I didn't particularly agree with which was, of course, this past week in an interview. You know, there's always the clickbait things, which you got to really look into it to make sure what's being in that headline is represented right. <laughs> yeah. But the headline was something about, he says, Iron Maiden lives in the past, and there's another <clears throat> headline about Metallica Listen. living off their past success. Yeah, it's it's funny you say clickbait, because this is something I scrolled through, and
1: I saw it, and I'm like, ah, uh, here he goes again. I'm, <laughs> then I scrolled back, and I'm like... You know, I think I will read this.
0: Right? (laughs) Well, the story I read, it starts off where he mentions that to an extent Slayer does too. Yeah. Okay. But then he goes on, the, the best part is he goes on to claim that Iron Maiden's first three albums were great. And that's what they're living off of. And since then, they've only put out good stuff, not great stuff, like Slayer has with Repentless. So basically what he just said is that Repentless is better than Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Repentless is better than Power Slave. Repentless is better than... What am I forgetting in between there? Um, anyway. You you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, and I even mean... further on, like we talked on our last episode, you know, Book of Souls or Dance of Death, whatever. Don't get me wrong, Repentless is a great album. It was way better than I imagined it or expected it to be. But it is not anywhere near as good as Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Yeah, well... It, and that's not where I'm really going with this, but I just had to point that out to begin with. Well, exactly, and
1: it's funny that he said, you know, in in that, he said, yeah, sure, people are still showing up because they want to see us play Rain and Blood and Season of the Abyss or whatever. But they also want to hear, you know, Implode and... And uh, Bloodline or whatever—I don't know, you know—insert newer Slayer song here. Kind of, kind of making it sound like that's not what Iron Maiden fans are showing up for, or whatever. And I'm like, well, I just saw them at the Book of Souls tour, and it was packed, and people went nuts for new songs. So I don't know, you know, right. maybe I'm the dickhead here, no. but it, it in in at the same time, this is what Carrie King does. You know, he, he, he kinda goes the Dave Mustaine route when there's when they've got new product and a new tour. Right.
0: You think he says stuff on purpose? <laughs> says stuff
1: just to kind of drum up, you know some publicity. And I think th- I think that's what it is. And I think Iron Maiden, you know, if anybody if anybody in Iron Maiden even saw it, which they probably didn't because they're too busy, you know, being fucking Iron Maiden and <laughs> You know, uh, slaying fans and raking in the cash. They probably saw it and said, huh, "That's cute." I remember my first beer, yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of the same with Metallica. So I, you know, I'm sure they don't care, but it's just, it's just kind of like, I don't know.
0: But it's, well, it's he picked the two weirdest bands to, to say that about,
2: because it's the two bands that fill
0: up arenas. You know, that are headlining arenas. Headlining festivals across yep. the world, you know, outside of America, they're playing to 50, 80,000 people at a yeah. show yeah, inside nine. America. They could fill up, a fe- you know, an arena at the drop of the hat where Slayer, you know, draws a respectable crowd for a band of their type, yeah. but it's like a thousand people, you know, or something compared to 20,000 people. And that's where, that's where it really lost me. I'm like, you, if you think that people are showing up because of Repentless or, you know, Christ delusion or something, you're insane. <laughs> like, if there's a thousand people at your show, there might be 50 of them that are rabid and hoping that half the set's new songs. Yeah. But the other 950 are there because of Rain and Blood and South of oh, exactly. and Seasons of the Abyss. It, and, <clears throat> I mean, it's the same way for Maiden or Metallica, too, but they pack their show with new songs. I mean, Metallica's yep. set has... Well, in-
1: And Maiden and Metallica's not talking that shit.
0: Right. (laughs) And
1: here's the thing. It's like, yeah, we're all fucking living on our past. I mean, Metallica wouldn't have gotten to an arena if it wasn't for the past 30 years. right? Iron Maiden, same deal. Slayer, they wouldn't be where they're at, which is a a great place to be. They wouldn't be where they're at without all the work they've put up. So it's just like... I, I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah, he's
0: exactly, he's doing the exact same thing that he's claiming they're doing because if Slayer debuted today and Repentless was their first album, there'd be 112 people at their show. Exactly. Well, no, not, you're, not, you're, you're, not you're because exactly it's a right. Not because it's a bad album, but because no one would know who the fuck they are. They yeah. would be Havoc or Battlecross. Yeah. Exactly. You know, two bands that we love. Yeah. But if they headline in place, there's going to be one or 200 people there if they're lucky. Yeah. You know, because they don't have that mainstream appeal yet. Yeah. Which, you know, hopefully it gets there, but that's exactly where Slayer would be if it wasn't for 1985 through 1991. Exactly,
1: yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, if Havoc and Battle Cross were somewhere, we would fucking be there for sure. Well, exactly. We'd be one of those 100 <laughs> to 200 people. <laughs> that's right? right.
0: Which, by the way, we saw yesterday that Battle Cross is coming to Oklahoma City on April 21st. Yep. And we plan to be there. Cause Damn it's a, right. A headline gig, and they're embarking on a tour opening for soulfly Mm -hmm. through april and may and i think early june and they're doing three or four headline dates leading up to the tour so we're lucky enough to get one close to us that's right definitely worth the uh, hour and a half drive yeah Battlecross is a band you should check out if you're not familiar with them and you love thrash like slayer yeah you know or any modern thrash or metal these guys are legit three albums and we had the singer kyle on our podcast Months back, so that's go right. look that one up. I think it was like episode 17 or 19. So, Anyway, yeah. I don't fault Kerry King for saying it, but it's just kind of dumb in a way, even yeah. though I think it's kind of and, what, what you said. I think he says it more just to get the headlines, to let, hey, people, remember we got Repentless out, which, go buy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which maybe that's smart, you know?
1: You know, it's like, I know Megadeth and Anthrax have released albums, but don't forget about us. Right. <laughs> so I think that might be what it is but at the same time we love slayer right and repentless is a great album right so let's not get that mixed up
0: <laughs> well you mentioned anthrax has a new album this album came out week before last for all kings that's right brand new 12 new tracks from anthrax and as we've spoke many times in the past 40 some episodes anthrax is one of our fa- both of our favorite bands. Oh yeah,
1: I mean, there's stuff that you like, and there's stuff that I like. But Anthrax is one of those bands we both can agree on, and are dorks over.
0: Right, and have been since you know the late '80s. Oh yeah, and don't don't make any mistake. It, through the John Bush years, it was just as much, if not more. Yes, I. You know, people that don't know me, I will let you know right now that. I am a bigger fan of the John Bush era than I am the Joey Belladonna era. And that's no knock on Belladonna. I love him. I love everything they did in the 80s and the last two albums. But John Bush, to me, is the perfect heavy metal frontman. You know, he encompasses everything. Anyway, (laughs) another slight tangent. But, hey, we're talking about Anthrax, so it's welcome. Yeah, it's going to happen. Right. So, For All Kings, we've talked about before, Evil Twin and Breathing Lightning. But we'll talk about them again because, you know, we can't expect that half, you know, three-fourths of these people that are listening right now listened last time.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) So just right off the bat, I'm going to make a proclamation. This is better than worship music. Really? This is better than dystopia. And hell, it's better than Repentless. What? (laughs) It's better than Death Magnetic. Anthrax is now officially the best big four band. There you go. Holy shit. (laughs) Well...
1: I wouldn't. Well, you're. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what do you think for real? Up against dystopia, you like it better than dystopia?
0: Yes, I like I like dystopia a lot, but I I don't know. I wouldn't see. For I me, don't know. How, I don't know how to explain for
1: me. These two are neck and neck right now because right. I, maybe it's just the newness and you know two of my favorite bands have two new albums and it's fucking amazing. You know. Yeah. Maybe it's that kind of deal. I'm not sure, but to me, and it's like. Anthrax so fucking epic, I, but I don't want to discount the new Megadeth because it's, you know, it's epic too. I mean, I just, I don't know. I can't really speak on that. For me, they're neck and neck. They really are, as far as, you know, but you put up, I don't know, as far as the other stuff. But anyways, <laughs> I mean, this. these guys just, uh, they just don't disappoint. You thought... When Worship Music came out, you thought, fuck, come on, you know, and you, there's no way that they can top that.
0: Right. And they they, they kind of did, you know. See, I think that goes way back. I always thought every album, this is the greatest thing they've ever done. Even like when Volume 8 came out, I thought that for a minute. Yeah. You know, even though looking back, obviously, the other ones, there's other stuff that's better. But yeah. it's one of those things that every time they put out an album, I think I'm such a big fan that I instantly think it's I can't believe this is this a good yeah and you know I'm sure it's just the fanboy in me talking but they haven't ever had anything bad and I know there's a lot of people that would disagree with that statement yeah and you know I think we've come for you all is as good as anything they ever did
1: oh I agree you know and that's that that is an epic album
0: that it's like the least known John Bush album you know because it's just not enough people heard right really and so when Worship Music came out, it, you know, I was still butthurt over the fact that Bush was gone. But, you know, regarding the circumstances that he didn't want to do it anyway. And Belladonna, you know, came back, which is what after the whole Dan Nelson debacle. Yeah. You know, and, you it's, know, it was really the only true option for it. True. And John Bush,
1: he said, you know, this is what should happen. Right. They should get Belladonna back. This is what they should be doing. And I think, I think that's kind of where you're going. And we both—that's when we both kind of got on board. Because I was like you when I heard when uh, sorry, Belladonna was back. I was just like,
0: "Come on, get John Bush," you know? Yeah. Because it, you know, you still didn't know everything, and you always kind of thought the whole they kind of, shit, you know, did John Bush shitty. Whenever they first reunited with Belladonna in like 2004 or five, whenever that was, I think 2005. But, you know, he came back later to fulfill the dates after they kicked out Dan Nelson. Mm -hmm. And once, you know, that happened, I guess they're back on, you know, good terms for the most part. Then he said he didn't want to commit to it full time. Yeah. And he was happy doing Armored Saint because, you know, they would, you know, do a tour and then they had... Big gaps of time off where with anthrax, it's full bore Yeah, in a tourist cycle for a couple of years, you know?
1: Yeah, and he was making wheelbarrows full of money right. being the Burger King spokesman, so he, right. like, he didn't need all that.
0: And he's got young kids who want yeah. to stay at home, all that. So my fanboyishness of John Bush, I let it up a little, and yeah. I was very, you know, I'm glad Joey Belladonna was back for worship music instead of Dan Nelson. Yeah, And then they released it, and I was blown away. Exactly.
1: I didn't, yeah, I wasn't on board till the minute I heard worship music and the, the music kick in and his voice kicked in, and I was like, yeah. oh, okay. And
0: cool. then we we saw him live on that tour in yes. Wichita, and that solidified everything that wasn't already <laughs> solidified. Yeah. So we can just go into that right now. Joey Belladonna, I don't, I should have looked up how old he is now. He's probably mid 50s, right? Oh, I don't know. Um, Regardless, he sounds better than ever.
1: Yeah, he does. He really does.
0: He doesn't sound like he's lost anything. He doesn't sound like he's compensating for anything he's lost. You he know, like some of the guys do when they get older and have that kind of voice. Yeah. You know, he's sounds as good as he did 30 years ago, which is crazy.
1: And, and, and this isn't a... This is not a fucking, like, a studio thing. We've seen him live. Yeah. You know, a few times. And he just kills it.
0: Yeah, it's just you can't say enough about how well, how good he is live and on record. And this album, of course, was no exception. And, you know, there's even, you know, we talked about Breathing Lightning before, and I, I thought the song, like his voice on that was even more melodic than normal. Even the whole song itself is probably the most melodic thing they've ever done. More so than, you know, Safe Home or Nothing or yeah. In the End. Any of those kind of things, yeah. And it's to me, it just it ultimately stands out by itself because of that reason. Because it's so different, it's not your normal Anthrax, and it's just an amazingly epic song. With just it almost leans hard rock at times, but it's still really heavy. Yeah. And it's just it's just an unbelievable
1: song. It's like uplifting.
0: Yeah. You know, and the lyrics, and you know, it's lyrically it's great. Yeah. Everything about it's great, and but I mean where do where do you begin from there? I mean you' just just starting with the first track, oh, you gotta yeah. believe I mean <laughs> you gotta believe that you gotta believe is badass, okay
1: <laughs> I mean it just is uh i I really like blood Eagle wings for all kings the title track is badass I mean I don't know it's just like where do you start where do you end? I mean right. it's all just.
0: No, every single song is good.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing. It's like I was, you know, uh, up against worship music. I'm like, well, I don't know. They might have a few clams now. They don't have anything. Right. Anything that's bad or that sucks.
0: It's insane. And you mentioned Blood Eagle Wings. Um, but the first time I heard that, that instantly jumped out at me as sounding like a John Bush era song. Yeah. Just everything about it, the the slower part, even into the heavier part, yeah. you can totally hear his voice on that thing. Um, the I saw some things like, you know, some of the press leading up to it, where Scott Ian was saying, this is the heaviest thing we've ever done, or something like that, where I don't really hear that, yeah. except two or three songs, there's some really heavy parts. Yeah. But to me, it just sounds like anthrax. Yeah. And I don't hear it and think, holy shit, this is heavier than <laughs> You know? But there's... The thing that I like better, you know, worship music is real uh I don't know how to word this, like it's real uniform throughout the whole thing for the most part. Yeah. Whereas this album has a lot of different things going on. They you know, not saying it's you know spastic or anything, it doesn't fit together. It all fits together, but it's a lot more a lot more broadness and to it than Worship yeah. Music had, I, think.
1: I I get that. There's a lot to take in. Yeah. There really is. You know, you might need a couple of listens. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I you get that. You get the different styles of, you know, stuff they've done throughout their career. Like I said with Buddy Goings, like the song Zero Tolerance, the last song. Yeah. Just that riff and the way he's singing it. And even the lyrics are like, uh, remind me of late 80s Anthrax. Yeah. You know, I think like. There's one, one of the lyrics after, it, you know, someone, you know, one of them yells, either probably Scott or Frank yells, what are you going to fucking do about it, or <laughs> fuck you, or something like that. <laughs> you know, so it has that real kind of late 80s anthrax vibe. And, you know, lyrically, that song's awesome, because it's pretty much everything I believe. And that's the one where, you know I'm talking about? Politicians and all you that, know, yeah. It's like, zero exactly. tolerance for, for yeah. you know, religious hate and... <clears throat> uh, politicians left and right and the police state and That's right. You know, all this. Anyway. See, not only yeah. not
1: only musically, but they're we're on their level lyrically.
0: <laughs> right. Or they're on
1: ours. Or what is it? I don't yeah. know.
0: Defend Avenge is yeah. another badass song. That yeah. might be my favorite one besides well besides I don't know. I don't know if Breathing Lightning is my favorite one, but it's yeah. the one that jumps out to me the most. You're digging
1: on it the most right now. Yeah.
0: And that second song, "Monster" at the end, yeah, "Evil Twin" the single, you know, just what do you say other than sitting here gushing about it? Yeah, I know. I mean, we
1: we kind of end up doing this a lot, you know, and it sounds like we like everything, but I don't know. Th- well, this it's is because just...
0: we we choose to talk about stuff we yeah, like. Yeah, True. Maybe true. we should start saying, "Hey, let's talk about this," and it's something we know we're not going to like, so yeah. we sound like we have a little bit of diversity here. Yeah, know? yeah, you know,
1: like <laughs> you know like how much we hate the scorpions or no that's just me what All right anyways
0: you said it there it's recorded now
1: I don't <laughs> hate them okay I don't hate them
0: yeah <clears throat> maybe you'll like him after you see them live I hope I hope and uh, tangent number four has happened <laughs> well you got anything else you want to throw in about anthrax
1: just that if you're on the fence or you don't know or you haven't heard this yet go buy it uh, it'll It'll blow your, it'll blow your butthole out. Okay, for real.
0: And you said, I hadn't watched it yet.
1: Yes. The Blood Eagle Wings. I just watched the video for Blood Eagle Wings. That's a crazy video. I don't want to give too much of it away, but it's, it's kind of gory. So, you know, there's that.
0: Right. (laughs) Oh, the other thing I thought about too, is this album. I mean, it's been this way forever, you know, like with Charlie and Frank, you know, you can... They always stand out above above other bands, that rhythm section to me. Yeah. And this album, yep. a lot, there's a lot of songs where the drums, especially in the bass as well, just like pop, like really loud. You know, and it just, and it sounds badass, I guess is the right word.
1: Yeah, that, you know, that reminds <laughs> me, uh, the beginning of Blood Eagle Wings, is that like a distorted bass thing, solo, uh, or is it just a guitar line? I don't know.
0: Oh, I don't know. I didn't think I'm about that. I'm not sure. i to see
1: them. Because it sounds like it, it could almost be bass. Could be. So.
0: we you know, Bellow's a badass. I mean, he is. He is. He really is. And, of course, Charlie, with all the writing, a lot of the stuff. That's you know, right. It's a testament to how great this guy is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. As long as he's and, not getting and, in a fight at the soccer field. <laughs> Shit!
1: Well, there goes our chance of ever getting one of them on the podcast. I
0: love him. He knows. Way to go, ass! I'll post a picture of my hallway with all the oh, Charlie Lord.
1: stuff. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, you need to do that to redeem yourself. All right.
0: <clears throat> so we should move along. All right. Well, if you're listening to us because you're a fan of Jamie Welch, welcome. Check us out at theThunderUnderground.com. And look back into our past podcast, like I mentioned earlier, one from several episodes ago, we had him on, talked about, you know, the past coming up with Framing the Red and influences and country band man video and all kinds of cool stuff. We met up with him again when he rolled through town with his new gig now, which is Drowning Pool. Yeah. And it was cool to talk to him about all that, how that came about, and of you know, where he thinks he might be going and what, you know, he hopes to do and that kind of thing. Yeah. And then of course he got into the framing the red talk about why he ended up leaving and he wasn't, like I said, he wasn't shy about it. No, not at all. As you mentioned on the last time he was on, he's pretty transparent when it comes to that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He, uh, he, he pulled no punches and, uh, told, and, you know, told us what he thought. Uh, and, uh. And even went into kind of the ins and outs of his new uh, position with Drowning Pool. He's their uh, stage manager, uh, guitar and bass tech. So it's really kind of cool to see uh, behind the scenes on how that kind of stuff works. Uh, So that was a great insight. And, you know, again, on Framing the Red, uh, a great band. They had some great catchy songs and they have an, uh, an amazing following. Uh, so take nothing away from them, but it's, you know, we just kind of get Jamie's story and his insight. And, uh, so, you know, uh, hope all you guys dig it.
0: Yeah. And he's, uh, he's a great guy. If you've never met him very personable and,
1: Oh yeah. Super nice guy. You know, he, he came out and you know, he, we were just like, you know, it was like five minutes ago that we saw him. Yeah. So yeah, it was awesome.
0: Yeah. And he's, uh, Like we said, he's moved on, you know, into this gig with Drowning Pool, and I know he's still looking to do music because if you're a musician, that's what you ultimately want to do. And I I do think that he's the type of person that, you know, he's got a drive and he's going to make this happen. Yeah. And I think I mentioned on the last episode, he's the type of guy I think years from now everybody's going to know who he is that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, but but you know, I like I like this path because yeah. you know, he, he's getting a this slow experience, this slow build and he's seeing behind the scenes, you know, he's seeing on the, you know, and he's been on the stage, he's now he's helping out. I mean, it's just all this all this experience and all these different roles can only help you in the future.
0: Right? And speaking of Drowning Pool, we had an interview with CJ Pierce which was uh this past week. So if you're a fan of Drowning Pool, please go check that out. Just like Jamie, CJ's an awesome dude, very personable. Talk to us about all kinds of stuff. Yeah,
1: super personable. Yeah. Very nice guy.
0: And it's the type of thing that even if you're not a Drowning Pool follower, if you're a fan of music, you will dig it. That's how a lot of these things turn out to be. You That's know, we right. talk about that all the time with you know, we listen to the Jost podcast or Eddie Trunks podcast or Jericho, whoever, and have a guest on there that you're don't really know or you don't sometimes don't even like their music yeah. but you listen to it anyway and you get a whole new perspective on stuff and you know really dig the dig the person as a person you know so
1: yeah i mean that's two 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 of those that come to my mind are uh the uh singer for in this moment right i you know i will i will i will not pull any punches i cannot get into that band at all but you know i heard i heard her on a podcast and You know, super cool, very driven, has a lot of good points. Uh, Butcher Babies are the same way.
0: Yeah, their podcast and Justin, both of them separately were great. Yeah. And I just, I think we're on the same page there. don't care for their music.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's not bad. It's just, I don't know, it's not my thing. I can't get into it. Right. But, you know, I don't know, what do we know? We're just, uh, you know.
0: We just have a podcast, not even for a living. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Speaking of, we don't have sponsors, so if you know someone who would like to sponsor the Thunder Underground podcast... That's right. TheThunderUnderground at gmail.com. That's also the email you need to send if you have a band and you want us to play one of your songs. We'll be more than happy to. Play it, talk about it, give you a shout out. But, with all that being said, I think it's time that we get into this interview with Jamie.
2: Man, dude,
1: pretty good, pretty good. How's a how's a new gig? I'll be great, yeah, man. yeah. Dude, I, I I'm happy,
2: man, dude. I love it. Yeah. It's yeah. so much. It's a world, night and day, night yeah. and day, man. From, from what I was doing, I definitely. So, what's all a, the stage manager gig can tell? Uh, basically, do like now. I really don't have to do much. I love it. Like, I, I have to unload the trailer, but we always, every show, we have loaders over there, you know. And uh, so they, I just point and say, hey, I'll take this, this, and this to this part of the stage or whatever. And then once they get the trailer unloaded, then, you know, it's me and the rest of the crew. We, uh, I set up guitars and bass. That's all I do. And uh, once I get their guitars and stuff set up, which I say that's all I do, but it's, it's a lot, too, because they're so picky, man. You know, like they have everything has got a certain spot on stage where it goes. You know, every guitar is tuned a certain way, you know, and there's like nine or nine guitars compared to where I was only doing four.
3: Wow. Of
2: my own, you know, and uh, but then once, you know, once the the show starts, I don't have to do anything until drowning pool starts, and then I'm just sitting side stage, dude, just waiting for something to go wrong, and then I have to <laughs> run up there and fix it, which every night it does. Every night something happens, whether it's a light goes out or a guitar's out of tune or a cable gets hung up on a pedal board, because they're so high energy, you know, they're running around constantly. So I'm just doing that, man, and then hope you know if all goes well we just sit there and just watch the show then once they're done you know we go and just pack everything back up dude and tell the loaders where to put it back in the trailer and i'm done you know but i get a free drowning pool show every night yeah, right yeah. yeah
1: that's not bad at all yeah dude it's so it's basically
2: cool. guitar teching as guitar well, doing? guitar and okay. bass tech that's it okay. yeah and then what you know once i set up because i you know i the way i am is once i finish i go help the drum tech slash monitor guy i help him set up because it takes longer to set up the drums because, you know, Mike has such a huge drum kit. We have that riser, you know, the drum riser, we build it every day, and you know, take it down every night. You know, we carry our own riser with us, our own light show, we carry everything with us. So, I'll go. Y'all know where you
3: go out smoke a cigarette?
2: I couldn't tell you, man. That down there? Yep, probably right there, man. Looks like he needs to go smoking a cigarette and lose that other leg. <laughs> Sorry. Ah, but, uh, but yeah, I'll go help them, you know, help them out. And then they do the same thing for me, you know. But I'm, I'm usually done way quicker than they are because I'm a guitar player. So I can just throw everything together, you know. Yeah. So that's pretty much it, man. Just hanging out and hanging out with drowning Pool, man. Yeah.
1: So, and so you, you've you got to watch, like, every minute of the show and keep your eyes on it. Every second of the yeah. show, I have
2: to. Now, you know, sometimes if I know that nothing's – which I guess you never know, but – most of the time, you know, it's a smooth-sailing show because these guys have been doing this crap for, you know, 14 years now, you know, 15. And, uh, watch, you know, I watch the crowd. And I also have to watch and make sure no idiots jump up on stage. Like, I've already had to tackle one guy already. Really? Yeah, dude. And, like, and our, our uh, sound guy, he has to... I'm uh, not sound guy, our uh, tour manager, he has to, like, keep people from getting on stage and stuff. Like, last night, we were in... uh where are we at, San Antonio, this moron, somehow broke through security, ran around the whole side of the stage and tried to stage dive. Well, he tried to step on a monitor to jump over this little big, this guardrail right here. Yeah. And he missed. Wow. Bad. Failed. Landed right on this thing. I know he's hurting today. But stuff like that, you know, you have to make, and then once they, whatever they tear up, you have to hurry up and throw back up on stage and stuff. And especially on songs like Tear Away and Bodies, man, people start, crowd surfing and which is cool it's rock and roll but on our end we have to fix their screw ups you know and every time something happens a monitor is going to come unplugged the monitor's going to flip over mic stand is going to get taken out or something you know and then jason the singer he likes to when it's a big crowd he likes to crowd surf which he and he uses a a wired mic which sucks because he can only go 50 feet right and then you hope that the crowd brings him back and there was, you know, I'm waiting on the time that it's not going to happen. You know? They don't bring it back. Yeah, they and keep it, them. If that happens, dude, like our the whole show is probably going to be everything's going to be knocked down. Yeah. It's going to be bad. <laughs> be bad. <laughs> well, was that during bodies or earlier? It's it during was bodies would be all right. It was bodies. End yeah. End of the show, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a during bodies. He, he waits to the very end to get crazy. Yeah. But these guys are good, man. They're they're live show man. I, I saw them one time, uh, a long time. I mean, it's probably three years ago when I first saw them with Jason. And uh dude now he is such a great front man, dude. Like he's energetic, he works the crowd, man. Like it felt it feels like this he should have, you know, he'd been with them all along ever since Dave, the original singer, died. You know, and he, he's so good. he's so much better than the other two, to me, my personal opinion, you know. I think so anyway. Mm-hmm. Were you a big fan of CJ? Guitar-wise,
0: before, before... Always been, dude. And I,
2: I've always liked him. Well, you know, Bodies came out, and of course, every guitar player learned how to play it. Yeah. And then I just kind of stuck around. I, I've always been a Dranapool fan through all four singers. You know, I've always liked them. Uh, you know, some better than others. Jason, like I said, Jason, this Jason here is by far my favorite since the original Dave. But, um, but yeah, man, CJ is... A beast at guitar playing. And he, um, you know, in Framing the Red, he produced our song America Made. We met CJ. um, Yeah. Long story with me. Well, with me and CJ, dude, we kind of go back like two years now because I met him in Dallas. His sister in law was one of our promoters. And uh, some of the shows with well, them, I never thought about the last name. Well, then I start seeing all these pictures of, of CJ around their big ass house, and I'm like, how do you know this guy? And I was like, well, he's my brother-in-law. Like, really? And she's like, yeah, Monica Pierce, CJ Pierce. Like, oh shit, never put two and two together. Well, then I was like, I want to meet this guy. And she's like, yeah, well, he he writes, you know, writes and produces and stuff for other bands. And we were about to do our second album, which still, by the way, isn't out yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, we were waiting to uh, try to decide if we were going to go somewhere else on you know, producing this album. And she's like, Yeah, I'll, I'll pay for him to do a song. I was like, Okay, cool. Well, he came over. I'm like, Holy hell, this is CJ Pierce. And I shook his hand, and me and him instantly kind of hit it off, dude, because we're guitar players, you know. And we, uh, we did the song, went to his house, and I actually got legally divorced inside of CJ's house. My ex-wife drove my divorce papers with the lawyer and my daughter. She had no clue whose house she was at. You know, I never told her. But he, he laughs. We, we pick about that all the time, dude. Like, and I, I got divorced in his home, dude, in Dallas. And uh, ever since then, man, we just, you know, we stayed close. We did the song. And he, that day, he made me a better guitar player, showing me, opening my eyes into things I could put here and there that I would have never thought about. And that helped in writing the second album. We didn't finish the album with him. We just did that one song because we really couldn't afford it, you know. But um, it, it helped me a lot there. Well, then now, you know, well, I called him. I told him, you know, hey, I'm leaving Framing the Red in two months. If you know, you know a band that needs a guitar player or something, let me know. He's like, yeah, man, I know a lot of them. Just you know, let me get back with you, and then do like a week before I left Framing the Red. He uh, he called me and he was like, dude, what do you think about? coming to be my guitar tech on this big tour we're about to do is like dude that'd be amazing well then he starts telling me how much money i'm going to get paid and like i thought i was going to do it for you know exposure just (laughs) to hang out dude but not there you know it's a a working gig he's paying me and everything so it worked out dude and now that i'm setting up for him and we meet him, jam together and play together or something every day i see how he is so underrated he actually got put in a uh Maybe Guitar World or Guitar Player Magazine this month. I can't remember which one it was, but, uh, well-deserved, man. That dude, he is dude, he's phenomenal. It doesn't show with their song, you know I mean? He solos and goes off a lot and stuff, but, dude, I watch him playing around. He is a shredder, dude. He is so good. Makes me never want to play guitar again, <laughs> man. Dude, like today, man, he was trying to, t- you know, he got some new heads. He just got endorsed by Marshall, and, uh, He's been trying to tune his his heads in, and, man, like, he was just wailing on it, man, like, God, how do you do this crap, man? Yes. But, you know, he's he's 12 years older than I am, you know, and he's been doing this for a long time, so. Yeah, I, I've always been a fan of CJ, you know, ever since ever since Bodies, you know, back in, you well, know, 13, 14 years ago. You know, yeah. In high school. We can't complain
0: about getting... Pay to do something you love and get an experience like that. Yeah. Working with someone like that. We
2: get to have all these nice venues that we're going to and, and every show this this tour has been great, you know. Hundreds of people every show, even the Sunday and Monday shows have been great. And you know, we started in South Dakota, went all the way across the west coast and now we're here in Texas well, Oklahoma now, back to Texas tomorrow and Seeing all these nice venues and, you know, like I said, a lot of more people. And and I'm personally making more contacts because I'm meeting every single one of these. That I made that a a point to uh, once I do this, I'm going to meet every promoter and every agent that, you know, runs these places. That way, if I have any future endeavors, whatever, I can have that, you know, a leg in the door, you know. But, uh, you know, I get to see the country, dude, and we got a really nice tour bus. Our third one, we had to swap buses twice already. So this is our third one. Dude, this one's like, it's prestige, man, it's awesome. You know, great tour bus, we get fed all the time, get I'm getting paid, getting to hang out with Drowning Pool, dude, you know, and, and now they became my family like Framing the Red was, you know, they've taken me in. I've had to carry a couple of butt-shoons, you know, from just stupid shit that I did that I didn't think about, but it's because I, I wasn't used to this caliber of a band, you know, like Framing the Red, we were getting bigger, but nowhere near what they do, you know, they are... To a T, professional, everything is like on schedule, you know, every word of every song, like they don't mess up, man, they don't, I've not one time seen them mess up, you know, and and that's because, you know, they're professional, you know, and I wasn't used to that, now I am, you know, but it took me a good week to get back into the swing of, for one, working, you know, I didn't have to do nothing before. And, uh, and two, just learning the ropes of a band at their level. You know? It's where I want to be. You know, I would be content with being where they are. You know, I would. Yeah. It would be cool.
0: Making a good with. Asking him about contacts for bands, and you mentioned that to us last time we talked to you. If, if the opportunity came along, is this something now that you've been doing this that you'd be interested in moving oh. along well, in this style of thing, or
2: would I like you jump it. To
0: the chance that the band came along, if the right?
2: right band came along, dude. If, if the right band called me, that's already established. I would go, you know. But um, and I, we were, dude. Never. We were right before y'all text me. We were in the green room talking, and I was showing the other guys the rest of you know our music that framed the red road, and they were like, everyone was telling me, you know you need to get another band. You you know we don't want to see you. You know they're they're like we want you to be our tech from here on out, but you need to be on stage, you know, you need to write music, and coming from people like that, you know, but I'm, I'm 32, man, I've been thinking, man, and I, I don't know yet, I've got a lot of songs that I've got written, and I, you know, I know I'm going to go home and uh, write all my songs, I'm a, you know, half ass singer, so I'm going to do all that, I can play bass, play drums, guitar, so I'm going to do it all myself, and just shop it around and see if anything happens, whether, you know, somebody may buy the song, or, a band may want to you know i may find a singer I, I don't know but yes i want to be back on stage playing other than doing this but if i don't i'm not going to be that mad dude because i mean i've lived my dream dude i've played with motley crew and skinner and hinder and whoever else you know everybody you could think of has play with them so if that never happens i'm not going to be you know that mad i've made a lot of money you know doing this and had fun and now i'm of course doing this with them, you know, which is another huge thing for me, so, but man, some guitar techs are making, you know, 80, 90 grand a year, you know, for some of these bigger bands, you just mentioned Iron Maiden, I can only imagine what their guitar guitar techs make, I mean, I'm sure they're making 100, 200 grand a year, teching for them, you know, it's not that bad of a gig, you know, not at all, I mean, it's fun, but, then, you know, you're not sharing your artistry, I'm right. helping other people do that, but I, I'm honored to be where I'm at right now, you know, it was definitely, whenever he called me, I was like, well, I thought he was calling me to tell me he found a band, you know, and what well, he did, you know, just a different aspect, <laughs> yeah. you know, right. I guess, so, but yeah, I would like to get another band started, you know, but it's just, it'd be hard starting all over you know framing the red i had to build it from the ground up dude we didn't know any contacts no bars no endorsers no anything and now i have all of those contacts and all the ones i'm making now and i have drowning pool in my back pocket now you know it's valuable oh yeah dude it definitely is and you know i guess you could call it riding their you know their their tail or their coat or whatever and that's fine i don't people you know people want to Talk crap about you know riding other bands, you know yeah. in their shadow. That's how the or business works yeah, you have. Fact. I was about to say that, man. <laughs> they've done it. Iron Maiden done it. You know, yeah, everybody nice. done it. You have to. Bands help other bands, you know. Oh. And if I can use this to help me advance, then I will. I'll give all the credit to them, you know, because they've helped me a lot. And in the last two weeks, man, I've learned so much about the industry because, like I said earlier, I'm in a now with them. I'm at a higher level of the industry than I was at Framing the Red whereas I was doing everything manage wise well now they have managers and such blah 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 I'm knowing I mean I'm learning a lot more now than I did before with Framing the Red in two weeks and I was with Framing the Red for five and a half years you know I'm telling you you learn so much man like they've had issue after issue, problem after problem and stuff, and it's it's getting weird now, dude, I've learned, man, it, it's easier it's, I guess it's not, maybe not easier but it's more beneficial if you can do it, to do it on your own you know, that's what I could if I could tell any musician, man, like, just do it yourself, dude, because, like, they're not trying to find no big, huge record label Jason just told me that a few minutes ago he said, I'm not shopping a label, I'm all I want to do is make a good living playing good songs, you know, and that's what they're doing yeah you yeah, know they make a good living yeah a lot better than i was <laughs> 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 it's about to get loud. yeah you know, we'll it, so, so, definitely we well, yeah, out yeah we can walk outside if y'all want to oh, man. so how half uh, smoke cigarette right there too you have man <laughs> anyway
1: the uh the hometown throwdown had that go down
2: man it was good we had fun it was definitely a good last show for me and framing the red the Ticket sales were like half of what we expected. I don't know what happened. Uh, you know, I planned it this year around uh income taxes and after Christmas and stuff. So I, I really don't know, man, because our first year I had over 800 some of the tickets. <laughs> Last year I hired Saving Able and we had like 550. And then this year we had like three or something, man. It, which I mean, the, the families got each got like three grand a piece or something like that, which we were trying to give like 10 a piece or something. But I mean, no complaints, I man. It was fun, you know, nice big, huge stage, light show, blah, blah, blah. You know, I had a lot of my, you know, hometown people. I mean, it, it was really fun. You know, I had my little girl on my side the entire show. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, dude, it was really cool, man. Definitely. Was. I'm glad I – there was some times, man, like I was wondering if I was going to be able to make it until February the 13th, I'm not going to lie to you, because it got bad, you know. I, I mean, and we're still now in some financial – Debacles right now, you know, fighting me and the singer, or you know. But I just stuck it out, dude, just because I wanted to end in my hometown, and I, I wanted to do the hometown throwdown, and uh it just felt like they were, well, not Dave, but he was just trying to make it as hard as possible for me to stay there. Because, dude, I have a tipper, and he knows that. Yeah. You know, he was just. I feel like he was waiting to like the right time to get me to hit him or something, where he could put me in jail or some crap. That's just what I think in my mind, you know, because just the way it was going down, dude, it was just every little that he knew to push he yeah. was pushing it daily you know but you know like I said I stuck it out and uh it was for the best you know definitely yeah. That. It, sounds it. like it. Is it one of those things where like February 14th you
0: felt
2: like
0: a weight was lifted off oh, or whenever,
2: <laughs> whenever I sat that guitar down dude it was it was like the day I said I was gonna quit you know it was just like why because I that day I, I told him I'm not booking another show I'm not doing any more management. I'm not doing any of this, man, because I've been doing it for five years and I'm not getting paid anymore. You know, while they decide to, you know, get high and get on the bus and and play music, that's all they did while I'm in the background doing all this I'm not trying to like hold myself up or nothing but that's just how it was you know i are in the trenches I'm a,
1: taking grenades
2: dude and you know I'm the one getting all these phone calls from venues and radio and all and they're not you know going over my data every month having to pay extra money because I'm managing the band for my phone and stuff you know like leaving my kids none of them have kids you know And it was just, like, just a slap in the face, man. Because, like, once I decided to quit, then all of a sudden, I guess because they knew they had to start doing something, here they are on Facebook making all these Facebook posts and reaching out to our fans and radio. I'm like, man, if y'all would have been doing this for the last five years, we would be selling this place out, you know? Because I really believed in Framing the Red, man. I wouldn't have went through all that hell if I didn't. But if they all would have put in, you know, 25%, like, all bands do every one of those guys up there in johnny pool have a job every day they all do something for that band to make them progress and that's why they're you know that's why they're uh successful and dude framing the red now dude is just dropping back man they're they got a new guitar player and now a new album if it ever decides to come out and they want to do an acoustic tour that's the stupidest thing in the world my personal opinion You don't do that, man. You put out a new album and a new guitar player, you go balls to the wall. Push that shit. Hell yeah, dude. That's what you know. Again, drowning pool, they they released a single recorded an album, released a single, went on tour and they're pushing the hell out of it. And it's helping, man. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely is, man. Well,
0: do you know on that are they using your guitar parts on the new album or are they doing
2: them all? Yeah, they they're doing every they're they're keeping the, the nine songs that I recorded. And the new guy, he came in and done another song, or maybe two. I, I don't know. There was rumors it was going to be an eleventh song. I don't. I really don't know. I don't talk to him that much. But uh, they, yeah, they're using every. They're using the exact. Like I'm going to get royalties off of that whole second album. I wrote the entire thing. You know, all nine songs. You know, minus whiskey and weed. Jordan stole it from Poison. You know, it's pretty much a. It's pretty much every rose has its thorn, and he changed the words to it. But which is a good song. I'm not going to knock it. But that's the first one that he wrote that. Did anything You know The first album man Lay Down Beside Me This Fight And Country Band Man he Nobody in the band now Had anything to do with None of them Jordan recorded That was it He didn't write a word He didn't Make any music to it At all The bass player Wasn't even around The drummer wasn't even around You know And then we have Folsom Prison Blues on the album so that's four songs of the first album which is now cover songs if you think about it yeah. right? because none of those guys wrote those songs yeah. Yeah, they wrote three well. of them were mine <laughs> so that's crazy. I'm going to make money off of those too yeah. <laughs> it's
1: kind of chilly out here well, yeah.
2: uh, well uh, I saw I
1: saw a post about so you were going to a, a festival in Mexico it, well it, but I didn't see Drowning Pool and I was like no, they're not home? on it
2: do I uh, the other day we were in uh, L.A. and I met this chick that was there and, uh, at the bar, whatever, and she's just like this rock and roll chick or whatever. Let me see this is going probably... Anyway, like this rock and roll chick with everyone was like, uh, I just met her then we started talking and, you know, we got to talking on Facebook and stuff. And she was, uh, she just invited me because she's a merch girl for this band yeah. and said they were doing a uh, huge festival in Mexico City. Like all expenses would be paid. I could just help her do merch or whatever. I'm like, yeah, cool. and well, then I started looking at it and it's got like 50 bands. It's yeah, a huge it's deal. Nuts. yeah. Yeah, it's a huge deal. It's like, yeah, I mean, if I'm free and available, well, I'm going to go. Have you ever but been it, down there or anything like that? I've, I've been to Mexico for, uh, a vacation like on a, a cruise yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. but no, I've never been to Mexico City wow, or nothing like that. True. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm definitely want to go. But <laughs> what I'm hoping, man, is Drowning Pool is about to do an overseas tour and they're trying to see if they can get any crew to go. I, I would like to go with them, yeah, but it's you know, it's very highly doubtful, you know, yeah. that I would like to do that, but I, you know, I don't know that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's some cost. That. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. I don't know yeah. that they can even take any crew or nothing like that. That would be cool. But, uh, yeah, they're doing Sturgis this year, man. They've, they've got a lot of big shows coming up. I, you know, after this tour's over, um, I think this tour ends on the 18th of March, I believe. And they have, you know, they have a couple of different uh, shows, book spot shows here and there. But, um, you know, like I said, they're in talks to doing an overseas tour and come back to the States and doing another one. I'd like to, you know, work with them as much as I can. Yeah. But I can't afford to just sit at home and, you know, not yeah. do nothing. So I'm going to be looking and writing and stuff like that, you know while I'm at home. I'm going to go home and take a much needed break, dude. I haven't... I I got off the stage at Hometown Throwdown, woke up at 6 o'clock the next morning and drove 21 hours to North Iowa and got on the bus with them. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Damn. It was crazy, man. But it's the only way... I didn't want them to have to come out with a plane ticket to fly me in and stuff. And... My girlfriend at the time, she lived in Iowa, so I just drove back with her and my Gosh. little girl, you know, yeah. so it worked out, you know, long drive.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we mentioned your your daughter was at the, the hometown throwdown. Was that the first time she would seen you live? Oh, she, no, no, no,
2: dude. She's been, she's been to a bunch of shows, man. Like every time we do a hometown throwdown, she's there. Uh, She's been to a Kansas City uh, Actually the Kansas City show that she went to Two months ago was My final straw with Framing the Red You know she got on the bus and they were doing some crap In there that I didn't agree with and I kind of lost it You know That's That was yeah. The last one That she's been to You know And uh, Drowning Pool Has a show In Baton Rouge Which is An hour and 15 minutes From my hometown So uh, And it's all ages Thursday And she's going to come Her mom's going to bring her oh, that's cool. She's going to come to that So she's going to Set side stage With me and stuff too So And she, do. She's into this thing Now she makes Bracelets for everybody yeah. She made everyone oh, wow. Everybody in the band And crew a bracelet oh, So she's cool. like and She doesn't even know She's getting to come yeah. You know She has no yeah. clue She's coming to see me Her mom's going to Check her out school and stuff, oh, so it's going to be pretty cool, but yeah, she's, she's a huge supporter, dude, she knows every word to every song that we've ever written, even the bad ones, you know, uh, and her mom hates it and stuff, she's a big supporter, she hates me being gone, man, you know, I have a three-year-old, too, but she just, you know, don't get it yet, you know, she don't really understand, but my eight-year-old, dude, she's, she's going to be a little rocker one of these days, she's going to be a singer or something, she plays guitar, she sings and stuff like that, so,
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, she'll be in the music industry one of these days. <laughs> there you go. There
0: you go. What was the I meant to ask earlier, but I forgot. Was the hometown throwdown something you are going to continue to do with other bands?
2: Yeah, man. Me and the guy, Brandy Davis, at home. We uh we started this <clears throat> just to be a rock show, but then. Uh, long story short I saw a little kid on Facebook that was suffering from a, a bad tumor or he had cancer and stuff and I was like, and something told me like this is what you're doing this for you know and whenever uh, when I did that man it blew up you know and every year we did it for a sick kid in the, in the community <clears throat> and then me and Brandon got to talking you know like is this? are you going to keep wanting to do this and just because I left Framing the Red doesn't change the fact that I can still use rock and roll to raise money for a sick kid in my hometown there's always going to be somebody that needs help always and why it would be kind of like self-centered to me I guess or greedy or whatever if I just quit doing it just because I'm not in a band and I may be in a band that's established by next year I don't know we may play it but if I don't then it's not going to be a big deal, but framing the red will not play it. That I'll promise you that.
3: Right. You can put that in your on your interview. It, they will, they will not play. It.
2: Right on. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. <laughs> That's all we want. honesty. Yeah, I'm not trying to just rag on people and stuff, man. But it's just to where I, I poured five and a half years into that band, dude, and it's just like now it's just so much disrespect now, and like it, to me it's just like walking up to my kid and slapping him in the face, you know, all the time that I put took away from them. Even at home, dude, I'm constantly on my phone, constantly sending emails. So I'm never really home like they were. They would go home and sleep until 2 at two p.m. and, you know, and get to hang out with their wives and girlfriends or families or whatever. And, you know, and I got to see my kid, but I'm still booking shows, you know, the, the, the show must go on, you know, so I had to keep doing it. And they sure as hell wasn't going to do it, obviously, but now they are, you know, because, their you know their their meal ticket went away so now they're having to do it and it's falling apart dude I hate it because dude I love that band so much I believe in the songs you know I mean I've got Framing the Red on my body for the rest of my life you know but I don't regret you know anything really because I got to live my dream but I just wish that they would have got off their ass you know a year or so ago and started doing what they're doing now because there's no telling where we would be, man. No telling at all. So and the fans, man, the fans are seeing everything and they're they're dropping like flies, dude, you know like I said, I hate it, man because I wanted that. I wanted the band to keep going, you know, and plus, I mean, I, the, the further they go, the more money I'm going to make, I guess, if you look at it in that aspect, you know, the, the more albums they sell, the more money I'm going to make, too, you know, but I wanted those songs to keep going, because I, I still believe that some of those songs are, you know, just waiting to be heard by the right person, and it may happen one of these days, man, that song, one of those songs may surface and stuff, but I don't know that I could ever get back on the stage with Jordan again, I never, I, I don't think I could, it will be really hard, you know but hell actual roses got back together so
3: <laughs> yeah. stranger things have happened yeah, anyways,
2: shit man. yeah dude for anybody hell yeah man you never know man you never know what the future's gonna hold i never thought i'd be here at drowning pool talking to y'all again you know about this so that's cool hell yeah dude i love it man love it
0: well we appreciate you taking the time to yeah, dude. talk to us yeah. again
2: yeah, y'all about to get ready to do C J next. Huh? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome, dude. That's a, what a yeah, what another honor, you know. Like yeah, y'all are yeah, interviewing man. me, then turning right around interviewing <laughs> C J. Like yeah. it's, it's a big deal to me, you know. Like yeah. I, I never will get you know, I always stay on, you know, have to. So
0: it's cold. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's That's cool. Cool,
0: man. thanks, season? man. Thank you. All right, there you go. Jamie Welch, formerly of framing the red, currently working with drowning pool for the the immediate and I think near future, at least on this tour, and he said he'd find out what happens in the future. Might be looking to start a new band, or you know, work with Drowning Pool again next time they go on tour, maybe.
1: Yeah, and you know, here here's something that just I just remembered. You know how they said in the in the last episode that they were Drowning Pool's playing South by Southwest. Oh right. See that flyer for that showcase. It's like crowbar.
0: Yeah. Uh, the contortionist.
1: Yeah, Drowning Pool. Uh, all in one show all these other bands it's a, that would be awesome
0: yeah that's one hell of a a metal lineup it was the the e1 yeah you know the e, e1 showcase for their heavy bands
1: yeah and if you're and, in austin go see that shit
0: yeah and speaking of crowbar we had kirk winstein on the podcast a while back another guy that's totally great to talk to very very down to earth badass musician and they've got a new album coming this year looking forward to yeah I can't wait for that but getting back to to this thing I'm sure you noticed halfway through the audio changed a little but it didn't I listened I listened yeah. back before we recorded this just so I knew that you know it sounds great on both ends cool we and, recorded and it inside and then we stepped outside because the opening act was starting and then some guy asked us where are you to smoke right And I think we told him
1: so that's all on there <laughs>
0: But, yeah, like we said earlier, very transparent interview. Doesn't hold any any punches back on any of that stuff. And like you said, you know, we dig Framing the Red. That's why we looked him up in the first place to be on the podcast originally. But, anyway, check us out. Like I said earlier, thethunderunderground.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Periscope. All that stuff. You can find it all on the website, and you can find all our past podcasts. On there as well. You can find them on soundcloud.com backslash thunder-underground. We've had, like we mentioned, Crowbar, Battlecross. Our second time now with Jamie. Yeah. CJ from Drowning Pool. We've had Joey Allen from Warrant. We had the drummer for Europe. We've had people from Insight, and Miss May I, King Shifter. The list goes on. Yeah. I'm drawing a blank. Scattered Hamlet.
1: <clears throat> yeah, and then we get into some... uh some local guys, Rocket yeah. Science, Driver. Severmind. Severmind. Oh, yeah. I and mean.
0: Speaking of that, later this week, we've got Cody Slain from Blackwater Rebellion out of Tulsa. He's also in Scorn, which is out of Fayetteville, Arkansas.
1: Yeah, and that was, a, that was a good one. It was really cool to talk to him.
0: Yeah, that'll be here in just a few days, episode 47. And then next week, we've got Lenny Lashley, who is... In the band Darkbuster, and he's also known for being in the band Street Dogs, which right. we're both a big fan of.
1: Uh, I'm excited for this episode because I love punk rock. I love my punk rock. Yeah, and I know you do too.
0: Yeah, and that's one thing we haven't haven't talked a, a lot about. You know, this on this podcast, we've always prided ourselves on the fact that if it's rock or metal or whatever, you know, we'll cover it if it's something we like. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Doesn't so, matter the genre.
1: So it's really cool to get into some of this, definitely.
0: For sure. Once again, that does it for episode 46. And until next time.